Super Talk Mississippi media production. Coleman Taylor Transmission, servicing Central Mississippi for over 60 years. Their ASE certified technicians offer dependable transmission services, a warranty, and record services. Call Coleman Taylor today for all your transmission needs. I'm Steve Azar, and I'm on the other side of the microphone, meaning I'm asking the questions this time, and oh, have mercy for the airwaves. I spent 20 years in Music City, wrote and made some hits, traveled the world, and then moved my family back to the birthplace of American music and where the magnolia trees prosper. And now every time I put my feet on Mississippi soil, when I'm off the road, well, I'm at peace. On this show, it's all about hearing the stories straight from the mouths of the friends I've made along the way, their journey to success. Heck, there might be someone on, I don't even know, but you know how us Mississippi types are. We tend to take well to new company. In a Mississippi minute, all 60 of them. I'm Steve Azar. It's just like that muddy river moving slow. Ain't no worries, it's how life goes, baby. In a Mississippi minute. That's right. Welcome to the Keep Mississippi Beautiful Studios. I'm Steve Azar. Yes, and you are in Mississippi Minute. My guest today, I have admired his style of coaching for quite some time. And the way he teaches the game of basketball. How he gets his players to flat out play hard. A former hoop player himself turned high profile coach. He has had his own unique journey and story to tell. His latest move back to the Magnolia State has led him to stuff cotton in his cowbell and trade it in for a hottie toddy, so have mercy. Only in Mississippi could this happen. Bottom line is, just like me, he's back home. Now heading into his second year at Ole Miss. After a very successful first season under his belt, Rebel fans sure have a whole lot to be excited for. Let's welcome in Coach Kermit Davis. Hey, Coach. Steve, how you doing? I'm good. So you're traveling down a Mississippi highway heading to Jackson. Are we recruiting? No, it's a, kind of a, a quiet period now. Only recruits can come to your campus. And still uh, speaking, I was in Tupelo speaking a couple of times yesterday. And headed to a little Fins Up Club and uh, talked to the Rebel faithful in Jackson today. Wow, I love it. Hey, Coach, uh, you, you talk about speaking. When I was working on my first hits back in Nashville, I was on the road, and I was, uh, well, one thing led to another. And from not only, so singing's easy. It never wears your throat out. But when you're talking constantly, not getting a lot of voice rest or sleep, it eventually creeps in. And I ended up having to have major throat surgery at some point in my life. When I watch you on the sidelines, and you're, you're talking about years and years of constant having to teach, uh, sometimes yell, and all that, how do you preserve your voice, or do you pay attention to it? You know, I haven't yet, Steve. I've been lucky. and uh, Because it really does. After a while, you can get, I think you get more mentally drained, at least I've been lucky that my voice gets drained. And I am. I'm pretty hands-on coach, as you've seen, every day in practice. I'm right in the middle of every single workout whether it's individual or it's a team workout and uh in the games the same way and sometimes you know sometimes you're, you're upset sometimes you're just trying to raise your voice above the crowd or balls bouncing or noise in a gym uh, but I, I think the biggest thing is just kind of the mental wear and tear you know when you're visiting with people all the time of just trying to to stay alert and focused yeah, I love it. We're talking to Coach Kermit Davis. Well, you got to always it's something to maybe you shouldn't. I should have never brought it up, and now you're going to start thinking about it. It may <laughs> it may work out <laughs> opposite effect. 
Hey, you know, I got to tell you, we were at the uh, Kentucky game uh, this past year, and I was with my Super Talk team and uh, Steve and Kim and everybody, and we were there, and uh, my wife Gwen and I, and they had on the seats, they had a, they had notes to us that we couldn't stand up for a significant amount of time. I guess that's, if I recall right, we couldn't be yelling at the referees, couldn't do all that. So Morgan Freeman, of course, is around the, around the corner from me. <laughs> and, and so I'm watching Morgan, and he's up like spike lee right and he's and i'm going like and i see the referee look at him a couple times and like and so we could go in at halftime and i tell morgan i said morgan you you know you're gonna get kicked out and he said let him try like you know like you, could you imagine espn that'd be the greatest kicking out god out of the, uh, the out of the, oh, hey, it's just so funny let me tell you one thing they would kick me out of pavilion a lot quicker than morgan freeman out i played golf with ian linda the other day and uh and it's amazing. We had a great time. He came out to Ole Miss Golf Course, and we played about nine holes, and, and then we went to eight. You know, and I just, and obviously I met Morgan. It's really the first time I'd really kind of sat down and really visited with him. I said, okay, Morgan, i got to turn fan on you. Yeah. That turn fan on him and try to ask him some, <laughs> some questions. And boy, what a great story he has. Well, he was late. Too, I always make the, the joke that I said, Morgan, I didn't have a hit record until I was 37, and everybody thought I was younger. But Morgan was late, a little late bloomer as well. So he's, he says, I love to work. Uh, also, I love going out and playing golf with him. You know, he plays one-handed because of necessity. Yep. Struggles a lot with that left hand. and uh, But but it's so funny. Uh, he, uh, Him and Linda, they're, they're a blast to play with. But Morgan gets serious, you know, as you probably uh, took note. Oh. It's crazy how serious he is. But he, so we were playing in my charity event uh, and uh, that we do down here, the Delta Soul. And I, I'm always concerned about him because even the celebs like drive him. The other celebs, <clears throat> they drive him crazy. So he likes to kind of lay low. And uh, so he's all of a sudden, I'm, I've left him. Everything's good. Uh, I'm, I'm on hole number three. He's coming down two and he's barreling at me in the golf cart. And I said, oh, no. Something happened. And he goes, Steve, Steve, Steve. I said, what? He goes, I I hit the approach shot close and I made I sunk the birdie putt. And I, I and he was like so happy, you know, and I was going, like, Man, I was relieved. <laughs> it, it was so yeah. funny. Yeah. And you know, he listens to music. He's got the same music he listens to, I love. And he just sings and plays golf and but I tell you what, they, they are serious. They count every stroke, and I had a great time. It was a lot of fun. Uh, I love it. Well, they're sweethearts, and he does like Michael Jackson. I've heard I've heard Thriller quite a bit <laughs> when we play. <laughs> We're talking to Coach Gervin Davis. He's rolling down a Mississippi highway, uh, taking care of business. Hey, Coach, let's dig back a little bit growing up. Your dad, obviously a, a, a wonderful basketball coach. Um, you know, I think about just being around the sport uh, Coach Scott Nagy went to Delta State with me while, you know, he's at Wright State now. It was South Dakota State. His dad was with, with uh, was it Lou Henson, right? Henson? Uh, right. Or Lou, Lou Henson in Illinois back in the day? Yep. So he grew sure up was. on that bench. And uh, it, it, just to, to hear his take on being, going from player, well, going from son to always to player to a coach. You know, what was it like as a kid growing up with your dad? Well, I, I tell everybody, you know, I was almost like a dream childhood, really. I mean, that was back in the day before I, I think that the pressures got so immense. It was still pressure, and he's a SEC. I was a high school coach at Tupelo High School and then coached in the Army for two years, and mm-hmm. he went to Mississippi State as an assistant, and 
you know, then he became the head coach. And so, you know, my brother and I, your part, I mean, every single day since I was six years old, my mom got us out of school and took us right to the gym. And dad brought us home. He just brought us home. Whatever time he left, we left. <laughs> and and we, so we went to every practice, and we're just over there. And uh, then we got to travel with him to the games. So you think about it, you're, you know, you're 12, 13 years old, and you're, you're on the bench at Kentucky, you're on the bench against Vanderbilt, Georgia, Florida, all of them, you know. So you just traveled around, and the people that you got to meet, I mean, it really was. It was just, it, it got me way beyond my years. They said, what's the most important thing that you learned? Like, it wasn't a set play. It wasn't offense. I think it's just innately, you just learn without even knowing you're learning. You know, it's just, yeah. it just, and then all of a sudden these experiences come up, and you've just heard conversations for years and years. So it was, it was, it was unbelievable the people that I met at an early age. How much of your coaching now resembles your dad's? Well, I, I hope the one thing that I resemble is that, God, he, he was just so good with people. He was, I, I just always admired how he took time with everybody and how people could come up to him and talk about his team, and within 10 seconds, he'd flipped it right on them. Tell me about you, talking about their family, talking about what they did for a living. And he just had that great ability to do it because he really had an interest in people. So uh, hopefully our demeanors are are similar. I'm probably getting a little more animated than he did on the sidelines, but uh, I do think he, he gave all, my brother and my sister, kind of that ability to connect with people. Wow. As a player, as a kid, did it come easy to you? I mean, you know, you're around all of this speed, constant speed. Uh, you're watching it. I mean, I don't know if your dad ever let you guys get into, uh, you know, into some of the rotations or whatever. At, at what point did he? But what did high, junior high and then high school feel like to you, you know, coming to you at a speed level? Well, I was always, it's funny, I was, I was always the most skilled kid, you know, around the guys that I was, because I just, that's what I did it, you know, from ball handling and shooting and passing to what I did as a young age. I really fought weight. And so, I mean, at one time, I was the biggest kid in my class, and I never forget. And all of a sudden, about the eighth grade, athleticism really becomes important. You know, everybody starts to get fast. And all of a sudden, well, my game, I was the most skilled guy, but well, I just couldn't really keep up. So I lost about 45 pounds. Wow. Like an eighth and ninth grade summer, and, and just got myself to where, you know, then I got myself in great shape. And then I, athletically, I was, I was never the most gifted athletic guy. But, but it helped me a bunch. But skill level, I was just more advanced, just, just doing all the other things just because of how much basketball that, that I had played. And then uh, and then high school, you know, my brother and I got a chance to play together. And, uh, mm-hmm. We had some great years, and, uh, and it was fun. It, it really was. My dad didn't get a chance to see us play a bunch because he was gone. And I think that's probably something that, uh, you know, he looks back on, he regrets, but there's nothing you can do about it. No, no the seasons didn't work out in, in that regard. I, I understand that. Talking to Coach Kermit Davis, you're in the Keep Mississippi Beautiful Studios. He's rolling down a Mississippi highway. We're going to be right back. Because I'm the coach. Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. 
with Coach Kermit Davis. I'm Steve Azar. You're in Mississippi Minute. We're keeping Mississippi beautiful, and, and we're in that studio right now. Coach, uh, our mutual pal John Bond asked me to ask. He's the one that helped set this interview up. So he asked me to ask you when you went from Dave to Kermit, because he was always Dave to him. Well, you know what happened. This is this is a true story. When I was born, my mother didn't want to name me Kermit. Obviously, I'm a I was a junior. Mm-hmm. So my first stocking, I'm a December baby. My first stocking had Sam on it. Okay, so I don't. I guess they thought <laughs> Sam was good. And then my, they said no, they didn't do that one. And I was born December 14th. And then my second stocking was Dave. My mother was determined, I think, not to call me Kermit. And I guess it was Dave was kind of short for Davis. And so everybody, like my very best friends growing up, John, including one of my very best friends, and all my cousins, I'll even see some cousins. I threw out a first pitch at AutoZone, and my cousins came over, and they're the only guys they call me Dave. <laughs> you know, and my daughters don't even look around. I look right up because I know exactly who it is, you know. So, so it is. So I guess about in junior high or maybe in, in high school, kind of Kermit kind of stuck. But you're right. Guys like John Bond and some of my early friends in life, uh, Dave was, and then even the first couple of weeks born, Sam was kind of they were going to call me first. So I was all screwed up, y'all. Could have been the band Sam and Dave. I don't know. They they were <laughs> back in the time. They ran a, a good thing. It, good thing it wasn't like Crosby, Stills, and Nash and Young. <laughs> you had four years of it. All I can tell you, Steve, is I just I'm glad that I just I got out of uh, Plantation Homes neighborhood growing up with John Bond. Because I'm just telling you now, he was a year younger, but what a bad influence he and my brother was. Usually the other way around, the older guys, bad influence on the two younger guys. But no, he and Bill, my brother, they were bad influence. I'm just glad we all made it out of Starkville. Oh, my goodness. I love it. Okay, so now he's asking me one more question is, he says, uh, ask him about the senior year homecoming in Valdosta. And he, he's, he said hilarious. So, you know, and he's laughing right now as we speak. You know that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the, they sent us over there. Everybody's trying to recruit John. Everybody's trying to say, it's Alabama, Bear Bryant, everybody. And my brother and I, we just go like, no way. John Bond, the guy that didn't, didn't really like sports, that all he wanted to play was Cowboys and Indians. He's like the very best quarterback in high school. No, there's got to be another John Bond. It's not him. We went over there like, holy cow, this cat is good. So they bring us over. We're going to go to homecoming with him. And, and uh, you know, he sets us up with, with two dates. And it's John, well, they're pretty girls. But I tell you what, Valdosta, they run in the fast lane now. We'll move a little faster than we did over in Mississippi. So, <laughs> so I, I can't go into great detail. Yeah, yeah. But, again, that's another weekend that I was just glad to get home, Steve. I promise you Oh, that. I know what you mean. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I love it. We're talking to Coach Gerbert Davis, and he survived. He survived John Bond and Valdosta at a young age. We can survive anything. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> hey, Coach, so your journey has been, you know – it's it's got to be full of a lot of great stories, a lot of great memories, but it hasn't been necessarily a walk in the park for you, and nor is any successful coach, I imagine. they got to go through a lot of trial and errors, a lot of places. You find that right fit. You know, you're constantly packing your bags. You packed your bags a lot, right? I did. I did. We, uh, you know, and all great, great stops, but we learned a lot, but we did. You know, I married my wife, who – great gal. I married her when I was a junior college player in Arkansas. And, and heck, she was still a senior in high school, so that didn't go over well with mom and dad. Yeah. They didn't really visualize her marrying the local junior college point guard, I promise you that. So, that took a lot of recruiting to do. Yeah. Uh, but 
I think Betty thought I was going to be at Kentucky in my first stop. Little did she know I was going to go from Summit, Mississippi, which I love, to Moscow, Idaho. So, yeah, we got broken in early in that, uh, in that recruiting in the, uh, in the landscape of basketball. Well, first of all, I, I stole my wife. I went over the bridge and stole her as well from Arkansas. And I always ask her dad, uh, who's one of the greatest men I've ever met in my life, I always go, what were you thinking? Coming in my long hair. I had the the band rolling and all that. I said, I would have never let my daughter ever get near me just from the premise of it. I got, you gotta, you gotta have a, a more sure thing, you know, <laughs> but, but right. we've been a lot of fun, been a lot of fun getting to know a, a great man. And, and, uh, I hope I hadn't let him down. We're talking to coach Kermit Davis. Okay. Coach Idaho. Uh, you, it's, uh, I played in Boise quite a few times. I played up in that area. It gets a little cold in the winter. Um, just recruiting wise, thinking back, I mean, what was your boundaries, sort of, that you could live by and that were tried and true, that were realistic to you? Well, it was it was back to my home roots. You know, I, I went and, and worked for a great coach in Tim Floyd, obviously a Mississippi guy. Tim gave me my first break, and it was Tim Floyd, a guy named Larry Stacy, who's had great success, and a guy mm-hmm. named Randy Bennett, who still won a ton of games at St. Mary's. We're on the staff at Idaho and took over a you know a team that. I did finish dead last three or four years in a row. I learned a lot from Tim, and we got up there, and we were going to recruit the Northwest and do this. And all of a sudden, after about two or three months, I said, we looked at each other and said, we got to get back south. So we just went right back south. And we, all our players were from Mississippi, Louisiana, Alabama, Georgia. And it was just as much fun, you know. In two years, Tim took the New Orleans job, and then I took his place at 28 years old. Right. And, boy, we, and we had a team. I mean, we had, we, we had a couple teams that were – I mean, it was a, they were in Moscow. We won a bunch of games, went to two NCAA tournaments, but could have beaten anybody in college basketball. So we just kind of went right back to our roots, guys we knew, contacts we knew, and we loved coaching those players from the South, and they had a great time convincing, uh, in the Northwest. Convincing them to move that far away wasn't difficult? That was hard. Yeah, that was hard. And, but finally, you know, it just takes to get a first couple guys to sign and then they had a great experience, and then they really attracted the rest of them, you know. Mm-hmm. So we, we signed this one kid named James Fitch from uh, Northeast Jones High School. Was a, was a teammate of Kenny Payne, you know, ended up going to Louisville and playing the right. NBA. And, and James went out there kind of under-recruited and just had a ball. It was a great player. And then all of a sudden, boy, these other guys from Mississippi started coming, and, and they they just loved it. And so we really did. They We had a great experience and won a – Won a ton of games and had a lot of fun together. Coach, Gerald Glass was at Delta State when I was there. And I had him on my show. It had been a long time since I connected or reconnected. And and Nagy was his point guard. They were really good basketball team, really good. Gerald said, when I was talking to him, I thought that when he came, the first time I ever saw Gerald Glass shoot a basketball was in college, and it was the most beautiful, natural thing I'd ever seen. It was It was so, like, meant to be. But he said – it wasn't like that in high school at Greenwood. He averaged like 12 points a game. He he said that the, he worked really hard, and all of a sudden gracefulness just sort of fell upon him. When you're recruiting and you see – can you see raw talent uh, enough to gamble on somebody versus – in this day and age when you can showcase on this AAU level, how do you judge a, a diamond in the rough like, like Gerald was? Yeah, it's uh... – they're getting harder to find because exposure is so great now. You know, with all the videos, all the YouTubes, all the scouting services, all the AAU. So used to, I mean, guys, amazing. Like you remember back in, in the days, 
in the, in the seventies, how good Alcorn State, Mississippi, that those kind of teams. I mean, no way. How did those guys ever Jerry Rice get to Mississippi Valley? Those right. really good players played for Dave Whitney at Alcorn State. And it's just there's no AAU, you know, so everybody just kinda of would stay around their their hometowns. But there's no question, I mean I find we did it at Middle Tennessee. We we got some good players, but you know what? Those guys came in the two star players. They came in as two star players. They left as five star players. Yeah. To where so the development has got to be there, and we're going to recruit the very best at Ole Miss. But still, you've got to be able to get players and develop them and kind of see. And, and number one, you can just kind of sense it. Number two, you got a the toughness part. The two things that go into it, unbelievable basketball IQ and toughness. You can recognize early on basketball IQ and just a guy has toughness. Uh, now, those two things about talent does you no good. But if they've got enough talent and they got those two ingredients, then you're right. I mean, all of a sudden they go from three stars to five stars, and then you can win SEC championships. Mm-hmm. But well, you you know you you inherit or no maybe not. What was the story with so because I, I, you got to realize I'm on the road a lot, so I'm probably asking a dumb question that I should know the answer to. I would think that Shu and Tyree were there already, or were they yeah, not? Tyree, yep, Tyree was there. TD was there. Devontae Shuler, you know, was so there. we had all three of those guards there. And you brought the you brought uh, what's number what's our man number zero? I love him. I love him, big kid. Uh, Blake Kinson. I love him. Eight. K.J. Buffin, yeah, too. And they're going to be really, really good players in our league. Watching you from, a, well, not that far, from Franklin, Tennessee. So I knew a lot about what you were doing at uh, Middle Tennessee State. So uh, those guys you inherit, but they look like guys you would have recruited. And, and, you know, when you get a job, the locker room is unsettled, Steve. Yeah. Whether the locker room I left, the locker room you take, everybody's leaving, this guy's going, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, early on in that process, I looked right at TD, and I said, TD, it's not fair to rebuild because you're a senior. you got no time to rebuild, so we got to win now. Right. This is the things that we have to do. And I think, you know, we've played Ole Miss the last two years that I was in the middle, so they had familiarity with us and how we played. And we both had respect for, for each other. And, uh, and so I thought we had a chance because of our guards, and those other guys really improved. And, and those guys bought in early, and, uh, and they did. They, you know, we were a work in progress, but I, but I did. They, they, were, they were really a fun group to coach. I love it. We're talking to Coach Kermit Davis. You're in the Keep Mississippi Beautiful Studios. Coach, we're, we, you know, we're a football state. We play great basketball. We do all this stuff, but we're the birthplace of America music so you get to play dj would you like to hear on your drive right now to jackson a little mississippi john hurt or howlin wolf i think a little mississippi john hurt be good it's gonna happen right now you're in mississippi minute <laughs> we're coach kermit davis we'll be right back. i walked all the way from east colorado honey that's my home well that's my home that's why i'm gone you just take this hammer and carry it to my captain. Oh, tell him we're gone. Won't you tell him we're gone? In a Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. I get the ball with the game on the line. I'm Steve Azar. Keep Mississippi beautiful studios, which is something we should do. Uh, you know, trash. I'm not. I'm not in. I'm not in. Uh, speaking of trash and trash talking, coach. 
Kermit Davis is my guest. Were you a trash talker growing up? You don't seem like it. No, not much. Not much. Uh, I, I love talking on a golf course. <laughs> my game is so bad right now, I can't say anything. So it just kills me. And, uh, you know, I did get to beat Tim Floyd out of a little money on the golf course the other day, which is, that was kind of nice. But, uh, no, not much. My brother did all the trash talking for everybody, I promise. Oh, no, no, I love it. I love it. Well, I was the brother that trash talked that couldn't back it. But on occasions, <laughs> uh, my my you, ha- you have Coach Floyd you took money from. I recently, well, it was a, a little bit ago, took Darius Rucker's money. He steps up to the tee box. He goes, me and you. And I said, oh, baby. So we were in Chicago. <laughs> and uh, let's just say – it was great. Uh, it was 15, 15, and 15. So for our listeners, 15 aside plus 15 overall for the day. And he goes, uh, uh, I said, uh, you know, so he goes, he wanted to play me. And so we, we come in. Let's just say I beat him by 16. But I, I was playing out of my head, and he wasn't. So he goes, I'm going to, I said, you owe me $45. And he goes, you know, you know this is going to hurt you from ever getting a song recorded on my, my record. And I said, well, let me think about this. $450,000 for a, number, a top five hit that I've never gotten and probably won't versus $45 in hand. I'll take it now. <laughs> it's so funny. He's a, he's a good boy. I, those boys, I, I've been friends a lot of the, with Mark and Dean and Sony and written with some of them and for over the years. And they're great guys. And now they've got a tour that's just been on fire. And I, I'm really happy for them. Uh, we're talking to Coach Kermit Davis. Coach, when you beat – I did a charity event a while back for Coach Izzo up in, uh, in Marquette, Michigan. Uh, just a, just a sweetheart of a guy. I guess him and Coach Mariucci grew up together. Uh, they played against each other. They were roommates at at their uh, small college they went to, uh, and they became they went from arch rivals to to best friends, and they support each other's events. It was Coach Mariucci's event, but um, he you know he's a very emotional, sweet guy. Uh, when you went in to play them, you're, you're talking about still college parody. I, everybody talks about it. They talk about Belmont. They talk about when you were at MTSU. They they talked about these certain teams. Uh, you know, Gonzaga was one of them that broke through back in the day. But most of the time, if not, the, you just it's just talking. It just it, by the end of the day, the one or two players that are really standouts can't hold up to this mighty team, right? And it just falls short. And you know, Belmont never was able. Coach Bird wasn't able to achieve a victory in the NCAA's, and now he's retired. So when you went up against Michigan State as a 15, 15 seed, I think, and they were two, when they, everybody was arguing they should have been a one. And you just you just sent Izzo home. Probably I know he's emotional. Probably still crying about it. Did you feel confident that looking at it, at game film and just seeing it, you know, player to player matchup that you guys could have got could get that could have gotten it done like you did? And if you played them ten times, could you beat them five? No, I don't think we could beat them five. Uh, we we did. We we played great. You know, it's one of those teams that. Uh, we we, got, we lost our starting guard going in the conference tournament, and uh, it was a it was a gruesome foot injury the day before we started our conference tournament. And that particular year, we needed to win our tournament to get in, and I think we finished second in the league. We didn't win the league that year, and we, we won four games. Uh, just played great, and and after that deal, I, I, we're a little nicked up, and I said we're not going to do any contact for six days prior. We, I think we played on a Friday, mm-hmm. and so we had no contact, but our guys were just loose and, and just. And then we got off to such a great start. I really thought we could score some on them. But, you know, they had Valentine, the player of the yeah. year. They had a veteran team. I mean, Tom's such a good coach. And I've never seen guys just run such hard offense. But we did, we got off to just such a good start and got off to, like, 
15 or 17 to 2. And then all of a sudden, in those NCAA tournament games, Steve, the whole arena flips right to Middle Tennessee. Yeah. It's not the home game. <laughs> it's a home game with neutral officials. And sometimes at Middle, you don't get that. You go to Michigan State and play in their arena, you're not getting that. So so we got it, and they, did, they made great runs. And our team just kept responding, kept responding. It's the best I've ever had a team play offensively. Not just because we made shots, just because how we ran offense, and it really was. It was it was an unbelievable feeling, and it was such a great day for Middle Tennessee State University, our fans, and the identification of our school, especially you know obviously, and then you know Tom Izzo, the most humble guy, in the such team. a good man, couldn't have been nicer, you know it, it was, and uh, he, he's such a good guy, he's such he's such a great guy for our sport. Talking to Coach Kermit Davis, he's still rolling down a Mississippi highway. And usually, uh, by now, he would be laying on the couch because that's what I do to my list, my my, uh, my guests. And you're hanging in there, Coach. I appreciate it. I really appreciate you taking the time. You made my drive great, Steve. I promise yeah. you. Time's flying by. Yeah, it'll fly by, all right. All right, so, uh, Coach, the, the, your recruits coming in this year, you finally got a year under your belt. You, to me, you had this great talent. Um, I, so, you know, Andy Kennedy – it did a great job of bringing the guys in. It was it was a very sort of a, a kind of a, a, a if you ever had a divorce, he had the most wonderful divorce. He still, you know, it was awesome. And you come in, you're taking in these players. You, you, did you exceed your expectations, or your expectations always there, no matter what? And you because know, you got to deal with the reality of what you have and what you inherit. So where were your expectations when you came in, Steve? And number one. Andy and I are great friends. I got such a great respect for AK. Yeah, I've known him for 35, 40 years. And so, you know, we can't, you come into a place, and I, I hate when guys go, we're going to change culture. It's so unfair to the guy before. Because you know what? When the guy replaced me at middle, cultures are different. So all we're trying to do is create our own culture. And Andy won 20 games for a lot of years. Yeah. You know, the way that happened at the end, it was just, you know, one of those years with AK that just, you know, he left early. The team kind of got lost its way. But then, you know, you go around and just the feelings that people have for Andy. Yeah. And the boosters that I met, they all love AK. He did such a great job in the SEC Network. And now we're still friends today. And sometimes that doesn't happen. So great respect for AK. Expectations, it's always to go to the NCAA tournament. Uh, did we exceed expectations? Probably did, Steve. I mean, you know, when you get ranked 18th and had the wins that we did and win 20 games. The biggest thing when I thought we exceeded expectations, which was fabulous, was just how the fans connected. And we just sold out the pavilion average right at 9,000 a game for mm-hmm. SEC, 24% increase in fan attendance in the SEC, which led it. And so that was the probably the biggest thing that I got such a kick out of was how the fans connected our team. And it's, it's carried over. So now our season tickets are way up, and hopefully all those guys will come early next year. Coach, you get a charge, like, because it's like you know you're in you're in you're in your own Madison Square Garden every night. You get to be among a lot of people. Do you feel like you're uh, like Bruce Springsteen at times? <laughs> I don't know if I'm quite that talented, but I love it. I just the arenas that we play in, and, and Steve, you've been in that place. I don't say it because I'm the coach at Ole Miss. I still think it's it's the best on campus arena in college basketball. I mean, Ross and everybody that did it did it exactly right. The fan experience is good, so it is. You sometimes I pinch myself still. I was walking there and practice. Just look around, and everything about it is just 
perfect. So it's uh, it is. I, I, I do feel really good every time we practice or play there. I love it. We're talking to Coach Kermit Davis. Hey, Coach, so I've got a charity event down here we've done for a number of years that John's attended, John Bond and a bunch of a bunch of others. And uh, it, it's a lot of fun. We raise money for Arts Kids. It's called, uh, kids is called the Delta Soul, uh, and it's for my wife and I, my foundation. The uh, one year, so Mar- Marshall Henderson's come quite a bit, and one year I I was the celebrity guest at the Monday after the Masters with this with this group from Kentucky. So they they were they were all doctors, and I think one a couple of them owned uh, like all the gas stations. Like, and the it's funny the ones that owned all the quick stops and gas stations are the ones with the private jet, and then the doctors are all with them. You know, so so I'm getting there, so I'm wearing, and they are decked out in Kentucky blue. Well, I know it's Kentucky blue. I'm not stupid, so I'm going like you guys are Duke, you guys are a Duke alumni, Duke fans, and it just drove them crazy. I lasted for two holes until they just thought I, and I said, guys, I'm messing with you. So finally. We became pals, and they came to our charity event as big sponsors, and they've continued to do so. But the first year, they go. So there's two days. And the second, you know, pair is with different celebrities. You know, you know, you do these things. And I, I had scheduled for them to play, and they hadn't seen with Marshall on the second day because the first day, they said, why is he here? <laughs> and so they hated him. Like, they said, this guy drove them crazy because he he would back it you know he'd get hot he'd back it and he'd just look at them and you know how, you know how he was so anyway they go so i had them paired the next day and they said what what are you doing you will never come back long story short they come back he's got a he got a kentucky hat on his head they got old miss hats hat on i mean they became like best pals and they said we cannot stand the fact that we love him <laughs> So, anyway, it's, it's just great stories. Talking to Coach Kermit Davis, you're in the Keep Mississippi Beautiful Studios. He's rolling down a Mississippi highway. We're coming right back. all the way back in 1989 my wife and I newly married and I was working on making my mark on the music business we wanted to build a house there was only one bank that helped us do that and while we were trying to find our way around our friends at Guarantee Bank started on the journey with us and have been there ever since they were always my connection back home when we lived in Music City they believed in me so when you need a financial institution to believe in you give my family at Guarantee Bank a chance with humble beginnings all the way back to 1943, Guarantee Bank has grown from offering basic banking services and products to serving customers with a comprehensive, complete line of expertise and products only expected at much larger institutions. They are proud to be your local big-time bank. Please visit one of their 17 locations and tell them Steve Azar sent you. Guarantee Bank, member FDIC. Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. I'm with Coach Kermit Davis. I'm Steve Azar. You're in Mississippi Minute. We're keeping Mississippi beautiful, and you're in that studio right now. Coach, you were Mississippi State. Your dad was, you played there. So as you're toward... <laughs> And you're accepting the Ole Miss job. I know you've heard, probably been asked this a thousand times, but coming to Ole Miss with your past at Mississippi State, how how did that feel? You 
know, Steve, number one, it, it, it always just felt exactly perfect. It just felt right. You know, I hadn't lived in the state in over 30-something years, and what really made it feel perfect, the Ole Miss people were great. And I'm sure, trust me, there's some Ole Miss people going, like, you've got to be kidding me. We're hiring a Mississippi State guy, you know. But they know this. Nobody wants to beat Mississippi State more than Kermit Davis. Uh, I mean, it's nobody. I love it. And I, love it. <laughs> I promise you that. The people at Ole Miss have been great. The Ole Miss spirit has been outstanding. I do say this, though. I think that it was like when Ole Miss and Mississippi State football were really good a few years back. They were one and two. Is that the Ole Miss people want to beat Mississippi State like crazy. We want to beat them like crazy in basketball. But isn't it healthy that when both schools could be good in basketball, Mm-hmm. And when when the, when that game is played, yes, it's it's unbelievable rivalry. Clark Kellogg, when we won at Mississippi State last year, Clark looked at me. He's been around all the rivalries, Iowa State, Michigan. Everybody goes, "Wow, that was intense." I said, "I'm telling you, Clark. I told you that it's unbelievable." Yeah. But my point is this, Steve. Isn't it great? Think about it. Last year was the first time in a long time that Ole Miss and Mississippi State have been in a tournament in the same year. Isn't it good that the game is played in basketball? And it's not just such a big game because it's an in-state game. Wouldn't it be nice if it's a big game because there's SEC implications on the line? It was a national game. It's been about NCAA seeding. So all of those things I think is great for our state. So all I want, I just want a good, heated, healthy rivalry, you know, and hopefully both teams are good, both arenas are packed. That's great for basketball in our state. It's like beating your brother and your best friend. You always want to do it. (laughs) <laughs> it's all right. Bad. They can be. Bad. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I no. love it. Now you're in this another. Well, even at MTSU, you're obviously parody in basketball, and now these mid majors where you were last were making uh, a huge impact. You know, the media talking about you guys and all that. Now you're here in the SEC, and then you've got Hardaway across the way in Memphis. Now you got Little Penny you got to recruit against. <laughs> you know, you're recruiting against a, a man and a puppet. <laughs> you know, so, so I mean, like he's this great personality. So uh, you're, you obviously recruit national. Is it more complicated or easier for you to recruit, or is it, always, is, is it the same as it always has been? Number one, you recruit with a heavy bat because our facilities are good as anywhere uh, in the country. They're in the middle. You, you know, obviously you fought your league, which I love Conference USA, but you could compete against the SEC in recruiting or facilities. Right now we go in with Pavilion, the two practice facility, and the SEC and the SEC network and the footprint, the fan base, blah, blah, blah. And Ole Miss has made a total commitment to basketball, Steve. So it's different. It really is different now. The cats are recruiting against. They got big bats too. So you know, it's 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 all relative. But we, you know, obviously we're always going to look in our state, southern region will be first priority. But we got guys from we got a guy from L.A., two from the Bahamas. We got guys from all. We got a guy from uh, Senegal. I mean, we got everywhere. So I just think the Ole Miss brand is great, and I just think that you can recruit to all parts of the country. Obviously, we're going to look in the, in the state of Mississippi first. All right, well, I love that, and I love that you spent an entire Mississippi minute with me and that you're still in one piece. I think you're in one piece. And, uh, and Coach, I can't wait to come be, be hang out with my Super Talk guys, with uh, you know Steve and Kim, and we'll be on the sidelines, and we'll probably I promise you I'll be as good as I possibly can, but I have issues. I wrote the, this song, The Coach, a while back, uh, and it was, uh, it was like a really enjoyable song to to, to to write my i hadn't had throat surgery yet so my voice was banged up it made sense i still haven't written the referee yet because i i'm i'm still 
I don't know if I want to give an official uh, any due at all because I get worked up. <laughs> so anyway, I, I think I, I think officials are really good people until they put stripes on and then they become outlaws, you know, they, and they belong behind bars. So I hope you can put up with them, uh, and I'll, I'll do my best on the sidelines. And I can't thank you enough. And, and the state is so blessed to have you back, you and your family back. And uh, we'll we'll get on the golf course sometime soon. And blessings and and have a great season, partner. Well, I appreciate Steve and look, hey. I want to invite you to charity, man. I'd love to contribute to the great cause down there. And uh, I look forward to being with you soon. It's June 4, 5, and 6. You can offic- I'm going to send an Adam the invite right now. <laughs> You're in trouble. I'm in. Okay. I am in. I'd love to be with you. You and John Bond will, will have a uh, rebirth of Valdosta. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. All right, brother. We can't do that. Later on. Bye-bye. I'm Steve Azar. In a Mississippi Minute... All 60 of them, where you can take your sweet time. With humble beginnings all the way back to 1943, Guarantee Bank has grown from offering the basic banking services and products to serving customers with a comprehensive, complete line of expertise and products only expected at much larger institutions. We are proud to be your local big-time bank. So when you're looking for a bank you can truly depend on and trust, and like me so many years ago trying to find my way around, let Guarantee Bank, with its 17 convenient locations, help you on your journey and become a wonderful addition to your family like they have mine for over 30 years. Guarantee Bank, member FDIC. A Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.